everyone. Uh, you're with Coffee with Matilda, Journey to Sell. Uh, today, I'm uh, with a beautiful, beautiful lady from Greece. Um, and uh, she's a, she has a PhD in chemical engineering. She's a lecturer in London. And I would want you to hear her story. She has a beautiful uh, journey that we, she would like to share with us. Thank you very much for the welcoming, Matilda. I'm very glad to see you. Very nice. Thank you, dear. And um, so let me know a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born and raised in Greece. And the first time I traveled abroad was to study in the UK uh, mm -hmm. to do my first degree. Uh, after my first degree, I returned to Greece for seven years. Uh, where I was trying to find my way, not just professionally, but also personally. And at the age of 31, I just packed my suitcase again and came back to the UK to do my PhD. And since graduating, since finishing my PhD, I'm in the academia. And um, recently, I'm um, exploring uh, the benefits of podcasting. Uh, I have the Global Greek Influence podcast, which is a podcast dedicated to Greeks who live or have lived abroad and what those experiences have brought to their profession. Uh, because at the end of the day, I don't think we are just defined by our profession, but by who we really are. And uh, through our different journeys, we can learn from one another. Very nice. And uh, I think I didn't introduce your name. Uh, you pronounce your name Giotta? Yes, yes, oh, that's nice. right. And Giotta, where from Greece, the beautiful country of Greece that everyone loves to go? Summertime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greece is a very nice country. I was born in the north part of Greece, in the mainland, from the area of Greece called Macedonia. So I was born in Greece uh, in uh, a city called Kozani, which is far from the sea, but um, I always <laughs> liked to travel towards the sea, uh, towards the seaside. Um, and then at the age of 18, uh, mm -hmm. that's when I left Greece. And when I moved back to Greece, because my family um, moved to another city called Veria, I moved there as well. Um, and then I just took the opportunity to leave Greece once again. It's funny because everyone thinks of Greece as a country of holidays and indeed its um, nature is very beautiful. Its people are very beautiful. Uh, but by living in Greece, I realized that I could not develop as much professionally. Mm -hmm. um, that was the initial idea, but then I realized that because of um, what is really happening or by the way sometimes people think, even though they're quite open-hearted people, uh, it was not very easy also to develop personally. Uh -huh. <laughs> so uh, do you like living in UK? I enjoy the life in the UK because I don't know, maybe because the society is much bigger in terms of population or because you meet people from different cultures, from different backgrounds. 
uh, even the society here is more open to new ideas. And if one would like to explore himself or herself a little bit further, I think this is a good environment. I think um, living in a multicultural environment gives you that benefit to uh, find different ways of expressing yourself or uh, finding people and meeting people who can inspire you. Very true. Um, I've lived uh, in New York and that's the feeling I get. I'm like, I cannot live any, I mean, I should live anywhere else, other places as well, but I feel like New York gives me that feeling that I'm center of every, everyone and everything with different cultures and London gives you that feeling as well. So it would be very difficult moving back to Greece or other cities, I think, after London or New York because you won't feel that centerness, I think. Well, I never lived in London. I actually live in Leeds in West Yorkshire and um, I work at the University of Bradford still. Mm -hmm. Leeds might not be as a big city as London, but mm -hmm. it's still much bigger than most of the cities in Greece. Oh, very nice. So tell me, I mean, I've been, I've been away from my pa uh, family and I think you left your family when you were 18, no? To go to UK to study. Yes. Tell me some struggles about it. I'm sure there will be some young adults that they want to start their journey um, and, you know, maybe we can inspire them to do the right thing for them. Uh, there are going to be a lot of challenges. Tell us certain challenges that you faced at a young age and how you overcame it. Well, firstly, I think that the first time a person leaves home, uh, he or she might realize that now it's them, not totally alone, mm -hmm. but in a sense that they have to structure their lives uh, in order to balance things between studying and enjoying themselves at the same time. It was difficult to leave home, um, not because I left Greece, but because I left home. But then the fact that I moved to a different country uh, made me be more mindful and more present Mm -hmm. in what I was looking for because the environment was totally new. So instead of feeling challenged by the new surroundings, um, I felt it was much easier for me to adapt to my adult life mm -hmm. because uh, I would have to be alert with yeah. everything that was going around me. Exactly. I mean, um, Giotta, you mentioned something very interesting because I was telling my friends as well, at 18, 19, 20 year old, when leaves home and goes to another country, cannot just be recklessly going out and partying because you have to think about different elements. There's nobody can pick you up if something goes wrong. So you have to be on your best, not best behavior, obviously you have fun, you go out, but you have to be alert enough to, you, there's no one, there's no hero there. You're your own hero from a, from very young age. So I think it's, in a, it's positive because you start taking ownership of your life from very young start. Then some people who, have their, who leave home and they still have their parents, they have the luxury to be reckless and do crazy things. But for us, that wasn't the case. <laughs> no one's coming to pick you up, Matilda Argyota. <laughs> very nice. 
So tell me, what is your understanding of self being away from home so many years? I'm sure you had a lot of opportunities to have the journey within, to face lots of challenges. And um, what is your understanding of self? How do you connect with yourself? Well, first of all, maybe just by living abroad and because I moved quite a lot within the UK as well, um, maybe I had too much time to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, when it comes to a journey of finding yourself or a self-journey, I think it's an ongoing um, journey. I don't think it ever ends. You cannot say, yeah, I've explored myself, that's it. Now I can mm -hmm. live my life happily ever after. <laughs> um, because we constantly meet people and these people might affect us in one way or another and they might bring up to the surface something we might have forgotten or something we have not resolved yet. So I think the interaction with people uh, helps also in the self-journey. It's not just a matter of sitting at home and reviewing your life uh, in isolation and making decisions. Because of the everyday interaction, you always constantly um, explore yourself and uh, the different personalities and the different experiences of people bring this element of the ever-ending uh, personal um, journey to really finding who you really are, what your values are, what really matters in your life, uh, what are those things that can make you feel uh, happier and more connected to who you are. Because when we are born, we have projections of other people's expectations uh, from the society or within the family. And then once you leave home for the first time, uh, that's the very first time you have to face yourself to think, okay, who am I really? Mm -hmm. And to define yourself. And I can see that even sometimes with my students, they, um, when they first come to the university, they expect from us to tell them what to do. And it's very hard to detach from uh, uh, being given, in a kind of sense, instructions. And uh, you have to guide them, at least during the first year, to start exploring uh, themselves more, not on a personal level, but even through the, their academic lifestyle, to go through the mechanism of finding out what's best for them, what works best for them. Amazing. I think, yeah, when you leave home early on, you have to, A, kind of very strong with your values because there will be lots of moments that if you don't have strong values and principles in life, I mean, things can go very wrong direction. And I think the, what keeps you going in the right direction is those values and understanding of self to know what's good for me. I mean, okay, lots of things are saying, friends are saying this, society is saying this, but at the end, what's good for me? So, yeah, I think uh, leaving home, young age, it, it gives you the opportunity to develop yourself faster or understand yourself in a, you have to understand yourself. I, I think that's the bottom line of, or the luxury, or the beauty of leaving home early. I think that's the, that's the 
gifts. I think also that when we are young, just before we leave home, there is a kind of safety net created around us, which might not be the kind of safety net we look for. Uh, but then as soon as we leave home, we lose that safety net and mm -hmm. then we have to create that for ourselves. Yeah. Based, based on what we really want to have in life. True. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think you're coming from, I mean, your culture, I'm Armenian from Iran, so your culture and my culture is very close. So our families are pampering the kid till I don't know when. You can still live with the family if, even if you're... <laughs> uh 35 so <laughs> it's uh i'm sure for your family do you have was it difficult as well to leave to kind of be okay for you to leave the, the house now or was was not the case well after having conversations with my mom especially when i first left home maybe it wasn't so difficult for me it was more difficult for her Yes, I think <laughs> for some eight, reason. <laughs> at 18, I don't think you have, um, you developed enough emotions. I mean, you have emotions, but I don't know you have, um, you understand emotions that much. Uh, when you're 18, I think you're just excited to be out and about and you feel like, oh, the next chapter is starting. Oh, not even having parents is such an exciting feeling at the beginning. You're like, I can go out whenever I want, come home whenever I want. I, my, I have my freedom. But uh, I like i see myself now every time i'm saying goodbye to my parents every time it becomes more difficult i think because i'm more mature with my emotions i i understand their part of life as well and i understand their pain more and um yeah i think it's easier to live at early age than i don't know some people leave home at 30 leave their country at 30 i think then you have a lot of emotion to deal with well definitely there was a difference in leaving home the first time and then the second time when i returned to the uk to start my phd uh, then i think when we are younger we have many blank pages in our book mm. we don't have that many chapters written whereas um in a family, like for example, a mother who might have dedicated her life in motherhood and who doesn't have uh, other outlets of uh, mm. creativity and she was mostly focused on her home and her household, it's more difficult because it's a big part of her life. Whereas when I was 18 um, and I was young, my mind was just out there. It wasn't just at home. And maybe I just wrote a couple of chapters in my life. Now, when I was 31 and left Greece to return to the UK, I was more conscious of my decisions. So even then when I left, I was uh, very certain of my choice because I could see uh, where my life was heading to. I didn't like it. And I thought it was a moment of change for me. So it's also down to us to make decisions uh, for change and changes that can uh, bring us to the next chapter of our lives. Very nice. Uh, Gita, tell us about the hardship that you felt one of the hardships that you've gone through, and then you came out of it stronger and wiser. 
Well, I had such experiences both professionally and personally, but I would say the, uh, the ones that created the strongest emotions were the personal ones. Um, sometimes I'm thinking that I deal with my professional life more uh, objectively. I try to be more objective, of course. I have emotions as well at work, for example, if something happens, uh, something that might affect me. But I would say uh, the people who affected me the most in the way I see things in life are in my personal life, either friends or family or mm -hmm. relationships. Um, because when you connect with people down to the very basic, uh, to the core uh, values, then you start thinking of your own core values or what you thought of being as core values. And you might be thinking, yeah, maybe even in life, I haven't approached that uh, as well as I could based on my own needs. And you start seeing also how your decisions and your reactions affect other people. And then you start revising. I started to revise uh, mm -hmm. a little bit of my behaviors, which were based on the core values I thought I should have. Yeah. So any hardships that you think you want to share with us? Any hardships? I think one. that, yeah, I think that when I saw at several occasions uh, relationships, like personal relationships, ruined, uh, for example, with uh, one of my last boyfriends, I thought that um, it was down to miscommunication. I'm not quite sure if it was only about looking for different things in life, but of the way things were communicated, like there was a barrier. And I started to question, was this barrier raised by me, uh, by him, or did we start gradually um, putting up barriers in our communication? Um, and yeah, sometimes I think that I should be more effective as a communicator of what I think uh, without, of course, um, affecting uh, the other person in a negative way. So I think this is a constant challenge for me. And there isn't any particular uh, example I can give in the sense that when you're in a relationship, you have so many conversations and you, uh, I just noticed that it was down to different aspects that this miscommunication was taking place. Sorry, was, was it from a different culture? Was it Greek in this particular <laughs> You know what, that's a funny thing. I thought that uh, in some cases it could have been the different culture, but I don't think this is always the case. I think it's, um, it doesn't matter if uh, one of my partners is Greek or non-Greek. I think it's down to the character and the way we communicate. I don't think it's a cultural issue. Um, but, I find it, but I find it if it's from different cultures, you need to communicate better. Because if it's from the same culture, certain things shouldn't, wouldn't be, there's no need for communication because you guys are both on the same page. But if it's from different cultures, then I think both of you, the partners 
should be more dedicated for communicating their feelings, their ideas more clearly because you both are coming from very different upbringing and very different standards, um, social standards in a way. Um, I'm sure dealing with a Greek guy, there's a different way they naturally deal with women than, uh, for example, an Englishman is, you know? I don't think, do, do you think so? Um, maybe the expressions used or the way people express their feelings or thoughts are different, but uh, even with uh, Greeks, the uh, people come from different places anyway. It doesn't mean that because people come from the same society or the same background that their backgrounds are identical. Each family is different. Each person is different. Uh, yes, in terms of language or expressions used in everyday language, it's more easier to get what one means. Uh, but really, really understanding one another and uh, move on together is a totally different matter. Maybe in the case of meeting a person from a different culture might be also to overcome the language barrier. Yeah, but, but even if you overcome that, uh, it's still down to what a person really is looking in life and what their um, what their barriers are, what their limits are, what they have set as goals uh, might be different than yours. So uh, personal relationships are the greatest challenge, I think, uh, in terms of um, having a successful personal life, uh, living happily. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and be with people that care for you and equal to show them that you care for them. Uh, and this is why I think that personal relationships have affected me the most in my in uh, my journey uh, towards my uh, finding myself. Do you have? Uh, are you in a relationship, or have you been married, or are you married? I haven't been married. <laughs> uh, I am in a relationship and I have no idea where it is going. I mean, uh, finding, uh, I think in big, in cities like New York or where you live right now, wherever there's a lot of people and from different countries they're there. Uh, I think finding, I mean, guys, it's very difficult. Finding women, I think if I was a man, it would be so much easier. There are lots of beautiful and amazing women everywhere. Men, it's like, okay, lots of, it's difficult. I, it's a challenge that I've been facing for a long time in New York. And at one point you get tired and you're like, Khalas, that's it. I don't want to look for it anymore. <laughs> it will come when it comes. But um, I think for women that they're educated and they're successful, finding men becomes more difficult, especially when you get older. When you're younger, in your 20s, I mean, so you, I was in love with the guy because the lips were beautiful, the way they were pronouncing Matilda was exotic. I don't know, I was in love with a lot of things about men at that age. But once I'm in my 30s and it becomes very difficult, and I guess you understand yourself better. So kind of you don't like to go with 
any opportunity as well. So it's like becomes limited. Everything becomes the pool of man becomes limited. <laughs> I totally understand what you're saying because I have had these discussions with uh, with uh, women friends, and I think when we are in our twenties, we are more innocent. Mm -hmm. uh, we are more enthusiastic, uh, more spontaneous. And of course, I noticed when I was in my 20s, I was getting into relationships much easier than I do now, simply because we get to know ourselves better and we are more mindful and we can see things uh, not in advance, not that we are some sort of uh, oracles or something, <laughs> but we can spot if there's something that it's not really for us or if there are many things that um, are there for us in the sense of what we really look for in a relationship. And it's not a difficulty, just that we realize something we didn't realize when we were 20, that even though apparently there are so many people around uh, and so many opportunities, uh, we, we cannot really go along with everyone. Um, not everyone is there for, uh, for being with us. And uh, this not is- Not everyone is our cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, I'm gonna ask you something about your childhood. Tell me, what is, how do you define home? Um, do you have other siblings? Uh, do you have brothers, sisters? Are you, do you have a good childhood? Because I think a lot of things in life comes back to that moment of childhood. Yourself or understanding of self, big part of it comes from the childhood or the first memories of you from life. Um, so tell us about it. Well, childhood was um, challenging. First of all, I was quite a lonely child and definitely I was not really helped uh, from my family to be more, um, more adventurous, even though I always thought and I imagined my adventures. Uh, so definitely childhood is very defining in terms of uh, your life journey. I think I started to really live the life I want as soon as I left home. And then mm. after finishing my first degree, I realized that uh, I can do anything I wanted in life uh, to determine myself. And still, the funny thing is that even now, I have some traces. I haven't got rid of uh, all these traces of insecurity. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's more of uh, a conscious journey of living behind those insecurities. And I realized just by having a conversation a couple of, of days ago, uh, just by recalling what I discussed, um, that I'm the only one who is responsible of not living the life I want to live. Exactly. That, yeah, 
for example, I, we were discussing about, yeah, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? Why don't you try this and that if you want to have more freedom, more independence? And then just by recalling my answers, I was like, oh my God, am I really finding excuses? And then mm. something I realized a few months ago, and I keep on uh, reminding myself, is that I should stop thinking as much and take action. Whenever I'm thinking of something that would be good for me, I should just go for it. I shouldn't be really thinking about it and planning about it and thinking, yeah, this might happen in a month's time. I'm thinking, no, if I, for example, I want to travel somewhere, yes, I'm just going to book a ticket. Or if I want to see a person, I'm just really going to pick up the phone and I'm going to say, I want to see you. I'm coming there in two days time and this will be it. Or if I would like to have a professional opportunity, instead of thinking, how am I going to send that email? I should just start writing that email and send it straight away. That, and, mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is something I realized also through the experience of podcasting, that we constantly have to be in action because things will never be as we want them to be and only by taking steps of action might lead us to where we want to be exactly what you said is very important and i want like i want my audience to hear it especially young women because um from paper your life is super amazing i mean they cannot see your face um, maybe i'll put the picture you are very beautiful i mean i'm looking at her guys She's very beautiful. She's very successful. I mean, if I'm just looking at you, I feel like you have it all. But the fact that you're saying you're still dealing with insecurities, that shows that the whole world, it's inside us. What's outside is nothing relevant, actually. If we, if we fix certain things in us, if we have a very... If we have a deep journey within, we can even heal ourselves from the trauma of childhood or how we thought we have to behave certain way because of our childhood and get where we want. And I think it's all what I'm trying to do, prove with my, with my podcast that everything is inside. Once you fix that, the world outside is fixed. So you can have amazing degree, you can have amazing life, but if there are things inside that bothers you, you might not feel free, for example. Mm -hmm. Or you might feel insecure. Although you're so beautiful, although you're very smart, I mean, lots of people should feel insecure being around you because you're, you know, you're so amazing. And it's interesting how human brain works. Exactly. It's uh, all about the, and I just thought while you, uh, you were talking that uh, when it comes to insecurities, what insecurities really are? Insecurities are those things that hold us back from feeling happy. Mm -hmm. Not true. And to feel alive. Exactly. We feel we don't want to do this because I don't know, most of the time you feel like, oh, people, how people going to think about it? And actually, this podcast helps you kind of overcome this too. Uh, I don't edit anything. And I'm like, okay, 
um, I'm sure my friend, I mean, you kind of worry about what your people you know, how you're going to feel. But I mean, even if they laugh or say, oh, what is she doing at this age, for example? But I think it's exciting to be in a different positions in life and to push it. And right now we're pushing it. And we don't care what other people think because you never know how this podcast is going to end up. Where it's going to end up. Well, I thought that this is going to be also a journey and it has already affected me in many ways. I'm more alert when I'm uh, listening to a person to pay attention to what Mm -hmm. they say. Not because I normally, when I have everyday conversations, I'm not paying attention to other people because I don't find them interesting. It's because I have so many other things that bother me that I really miss the opportunity to get to know someone a little bit better, to feel more connected Mm -hmm. uh, with other people. And it's all these thoughts that bother me and it has nothing to do really with uh, the person I'm talking with, if I find them interesting or not. Yeah. Um, So, Yota, tell me about your regrets in life. Do you have any? Well, I think everything comes from my insecurities that sometimes I feel I haven't done all the things I want to do, then of course, maybe it's still too early. But uh, if I would be thinking myself, yes, I should travel there or I should live there, I should just go for it. Uh, Something that I mentioned before, I, I shouldn't be bothered too much with the every single detail because research is procrastination (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah so i have regrets in not being more uh, spontaneous in the sense of actually going for what i wanted to do always something uh, held me back like some little excuses and yeah there are many things for example i i don't think i've traveled enough i don't think i've done all the things i want to do in research or maybe i haven't progressed as much uh, professionally or i haven't had uh, um, a relationship that would last Um, Mm. many many things uh, i haven't uh, done so far but it's great that you have this awareness, Giotta, now, that you know you haven't had the life that you want because of your insecurities. Now you know the route, so you can just go to the fix the route. And then I think once that's taken care of, I'm sure you will have the life that you always dreamed of because you have Thank all you. the potentials. You have the potential to take over the world. <laughs> Do you always loved to learn chemical engineering? What has what was your journey to realize that's your passion? Well, along the way, I realized I had many passions, but chemical engineering was something I liked because it gave me plenty of options to develop, and also because I was very good in researching things or I was very good in maths or in chemistry and I really liked even as a child to even um, solve mathematical problems during the summer because I found it like a challenge that 
I could meet or something I can accomplish, no matter how it, how hard it might look. So, and I think it's also a mechanism of, um, it's a, my brain's mechanism. So I always thought I was very good in that. And I'm, um, I felt very good when I accomplished things. Or for example, just by being a chemical engineer, how many things we offer to the society. So it was also a matter of giving something back to the society or doing research to provide better technologies to people, uh, something that uh, would benefit many. And, uh, but then I realized that there were many, there were very few ways of self-expression in such an environment. And then I started to explore other ways of expressing myself. I did some dancing, I did some acting. Uh, oh, very nice. I th- <laughs> yeah, I, th- I tried to write um, a book unsuccessfully because I wasn't committed enough. And now it's the podcast, which uh, I think it has helped me in many ways in expressing myself both professionally and personally. Yeah, the reason I ask, because you have a very nice feminine energy in you. I mean, your energy, even I'm looking at you, there's a gentleness in you. And I was just thinking chemical engineering, it's such a masculine um, world. And you, for you to uh, be successful in it, you have to really function with your masculine energy there. And I feel your soul is so gentle that you need certain outlets to express yourself. And I think this podcast can help you very much. Dancing is very uh, an important element. I, the reason I'm bringing this because for me it's important that women, successful women like you, are in touch with their feminine energy and their divine energy because we're so powerful when we are tap into that. Like no man can resist us <laughs> because that energy brings life. That energy brings everything actually. That feminine energy is like, oof, I'm in love with feminine energy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very important what you say. Um, Unfortunately, there are not that many opportunities professionally to express this femininity. So I have to find ways of communicating um, through a masculine way. And then it's very, uh, sometimes it's not very easy to switch back to Mm -hmm. my femininity when it comes to my personal life. Uh, I just see, for example, when I go on holidays in Greece for the summer, I normally live for four weeks. I don't take that many days off uh, throughout the year. So I just have all of my holidays or most of my holidays during the summer. And when I'm away for four weeks and during that time, I see from week to week how much more feminine I become in my behavior, yeah. how much better I start to feel. Uh, with myself and when I return to work I look and I feel like a totally different person and I think I'm really missing Mm -hmm. uh, those moments in my everyday life to express my femininity oh yeah true Um, and I think uh, once a woman is in touch with her that side of her 
um, she can be happy. Otherwise, we become miserable. I'm experiencing it from myself as well, or friends around me living in New York really requires that masculine energy because every day going to Subway when it's like a challenge sometimes. So it really requires that fighting mode all the time. Whereas, um, and then you feel disconnected with your whole self. And then we become miserable because we really need to be in touch with our femininity. It's a very um, nurturing energy for us. And for men as well. Men love to feel that in us. I think the women who are the most successful with men are the ones that they're really in touch with their feminine energy because I think every man, uh, it's every man's dream. We, um, through us, they connect to life. Oh my God, that's, that was a big statement from my side. <laughs> I think if any man is listening, they're like, okay, <laughs> losing your brain here. <laughs> But I just love it. So what can I do? I advertise it. So Gyota, tell me if you continue the way you're continuing uh, your life. You think? I mean, imagine you're 80 years old. What would you tell to yourself at this age? Well, first of all, I would wish at the age of 80, uh, I would, I would live the life I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I would have made all these necessary changes to live the life I want. And even if I still have any regrets at that age, I would try to remember the good things and that I gave a good fight in this life in the sense of uh, doing as much as I could. And I'll just pat myself on the back, <laughs> on my shoulder. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, you did well. You did pretty well based on all the challenges you had to face mainly with yourself. So, um, and generally speaking, even now, when I look back to my 20 or 30 year old self, um, I don't really see things or I don't really judge myself based on how I think now because the way I faced things when I was 20 or 30 was totally different from today. So I'm only evaluating myself based on my, on how I really was at that age. So even when I'm going to be 80 years old, I will think of myself when things happened based on how I thought when I was 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years old. I think it's not really, um, productive it's not beneficial at all to think of our lives back in the past based on the way we think right now and again this is a projection of how I think that myself would think in uh, 40-50 years uh, from now you know I'm very nice you know why I'm asking this because if I continue, Matilda, the way that I am now, the way I'm functioning now, with my shortcomings, with my beautiful qualities, I, I think once you realize the end of it, not that you're 80, you're going to die, but like in 80, you still have a very good judgment of yourself. And then that, after that goes to the sky. <laughs> um, when you think of the end of it and you think of, 
if you don't change certain things and you continue, for example, Matilda continues the way she is and she continues to become 80, I will, I will lose a lot of opportunities in life because of my procrastination, because of my um, not taking things seriously. Sometimes it takes me a little bit while to take things seriously. Even with, with this podcast, I procrastinated. And I feel like if I'm 80 and I'm looking back at my life, I will be like, wow, I haven't done what I wanted. I never wanted, I haven't gone where I wanted to be in my life because of these shortcomings. So maybe if I fix these shortcomings, in your scenario, it was your insecurity. In my scenario, it's procrastination, not you know the same thing that I told you now. If I don't change those, I'm gonna miss out. I'm, I'm gonna miss out the boat. I'm gonna miss out the life that I want. So maybe um, if I imagine myself 80 and with the same character, not changing things, I'm going to have a shitty life that I won't be happy. Maybe for some people it will be a good life. But for me, I'm not going to be satisfied with myself because I would knew I have a lot of potential that I never tapped in because of my not being on time, not being where I, not being my mind weren't at the right place, you know? So I'm working on that. I'm working on um, that from the end results. So I don't know, hopefully I can change certain things. And this podcast is helping me as well to realize that if I want to have a, my dream life, I have to be on top of this life. So time to maybe grow up, time to mature up. I don't know, I'm, I'm for my age, I'm... I'm old, but I guess I'm not that mature. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But anyways, I'm working on these problems. <laughs> well, well, we, we are, we are as, old, as old as we, as we, think we are. are. Um, I always I try, try to think of myself as being It's important not to think that you're old, but mm -hmm. it's better to think that I'm as old as I feel I am. So I always think of myself as being 20, mm -hmm. but with all the experience. I I'm with them. <laughs> In the sense that I still have plenty of life ahead. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I have quite many years ahead. I still have many opportunities. And I just try to take good lessons with me to move on. So I don't think that, yes, I missed things but I missed them because I didn't know and now I'm learning and I try to make the best use of those lessons mm. and by thinking I'm still 20 I think yeah I still have things to do I can still move to another country I can still travel I can still maybe become more independent I can still do many things mm -hmm. nothing nothing has been really lost yes I don't think there is any single person on earth that hasn't lost anything. Even I see people who have been married, for example, and I haven't been married. Or people who have had kids and I haven't had kids yet. And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe they had those experiences, but also their relationships didn't last forever because they might have missed something as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm not at the stage they were because at least they moved on to a more stable relationship and with a more uh, intimate um, um, 
setting. I would say, yes, yeah, setting of uh, personal life. Uh, but if you ask one, one might think, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have got married. And then you think, no, come on, you should have experienced something really good out of it. And you lived some really good moments. And it's funny because as people, we are not really uh, appreciating things that happen to our lives. So then I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I lost some opportunities, but uh, the battle is not over. There are still so many things I can do. Well, Yota, are you kidding me? What battle is over? You're, you're starting your battle right now and you're tapping into your insecurity section. I think the whole world will open up to you because then you will, will realize you can be anywhere with anyone and do anything you want. And that's it. And maybe that's what your soul needs right now to be wherever and whoever you want to be. This podcast True. can give you a lot of opportunities, I think, to uh, realize that by talking with people, meeting them. Do you, have you met anyone for podcast? In uh, person? What do you mean? Like in oh. person. Well, a couple of, um, one of the people I have interviewed, I've already known him. Uh, because we live in the same city and we are both academics. Uh, the other two people I interviewed uh, were totally were total strangers to me. I haven't met them before. And it's interesting. It's At the end of the day, I realized that if you're going to have a connection with a person, it doesn't matter if you know them or haven't met them before. Or uh, it's... I don't know. It's a matter of connection. It's a matter of energy. For example, I had a very nice interview, the very first interview with a fiction author. Oh, wow. And we don't even have the same uh, professional background. And still, it was really inspiring. It was a very nice conversation. Uh, so I don't think it really matters if you met somebody before then I'm planning of having next week my first face-to-face -face interview right. and, I'm, and I'm very curious to see how this will go because in most of the cases I had uh, these conversations through uh, some software uh, people are not uh, do not live where I live I think connection is a very beautiful human connection it's a, such a fascinating element for me i love connecting with humans and knowing and learning about their life and their journey and i think that's why i'm having this podcast as the name i named the podcast my podcast as it is because it's very you learn a lot when you connect with people uh you learn about their journey like you know you learn mm -hmm. you can take a lot when you have that authentic um experience with them you know heart yeah, it's, to uh, heart. <laughs> yes it's very true and and it's all about what we discussed before you uh if you don't try if you don't really put yourself out there uh you don't know what is going to come in your way very nice in a sense that we say sometimes that things happen to you when you least expect them and I think this is coming from 
you put yourself out there maybe more often maybe you're more exposed and when you have more exposure that's when the kind of unexpected things happen to you exactly that's very true so uh i'm gonna ask you one thing uh, two things actually where would you like to live like how do you see yourself if i mean okay you tap into your insecurity section and you overcame that part how do you think a Gyota in five years would be? Well, I hope I will be in a warm country and that I will yeah. have more, more time for myself mm -hmm. um, because I realized, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. funny because I just now realized it through the conversation with you and I just put the title on it that what I have been missing maybe and I didn't feel as happy was this connection to my feminine energy, to my feminine self. Uh -huh. uh, because I was constantly struggling with uh, professionally. I mean, I paid too much attention to my profession, which is unfortunately dominated by men. And yes, I think that by having more free time would allow me to be more in connection to my feminine side and i guess a very big part of my of myself is my feminine side and i think i haven't really paid that much attention to it i could feel it i mean when we started our conversation i could feel your feminine energy and that's why when you would say professionally what you are what you are for me was like okay then there will be a big part missing in her life and that big part can bring you know this satisfaction because although she's very successful but where is her feminine uh, getting satisfied the feminine side won't get the satisfaction that she deserves <laughs> very interesting so if i'm so which country you would like to move or city or well, I was thinking definitely a much warmer country. Um, I'm not quite sure yet. I was thinking about Greece, but let's see how things will go. Very nice. So if I'm, we need to wrap it up, but I would like to, for you to give us a lesson that you've learned in life, a lesson that you think is very important and you would like to share it with us so we can learn from you. We can learn from your wisdom. I think every single one of us is wise. What I would say mostly, um, I, I would summarize my experiences uh, into we should love ourselves and mm. life will be a bliss. Life will become so much better. And by loving ourselves is to forgive ourselves, to forgive other people, because if only we forgive other people, uh, we will feel much more complete as humans. I don't believe that there is any reason for regrets, mm -hmm. uh, regretting having an experience, regretting having met some people with whom our relationships might have not attended, might have not ended up the way we wanted them to. So overall, I think it's um, my life lesson is to love yourself and then you will live the life you want to. Exactly. Beautifully said. That I cannot agree more because I really believe self-love is the core of your self-discovery. And once you start loving yourself, you start connecting, 
loving the world and connecting with the world. Beautiful, Giotta. Thank you for your time. And I hope I will see you in person uh, in March, end of March. You're coming now? Yes, yes, of course I will be coming to London. <laughs> then, yeah, I I will, <laughs> then I will see you in London. <laughs> Perfect. Looking forward to it, Giotta. Thank you. And thank you, my audience, for listening to me and will uh, follow me. And till next time. <laughs>